Tips Writing Kate for all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 19. This week, I've got a special guest with me to talk about something that a lot of creators, especially sex bloggers, face. How your partner feels about what you do. John Brownstone, the other half of Loving BDSM and my husband and dominant partner, is here to talk about this with me and share his perspective on the topic, too. Hello. Hello. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Smut Lancer podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrate with your website and offer great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast, Loving BDSM podcast, and the Masturbation Monday podcast, and it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com, and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. So, you are on my mind for this topic. I, I noticed that. You are always on my mind. Well, that's true, too. And some of the listeners will have recognize your voice because they either listen to Loving BDSM or they listen to Masturbation Monday, and some won't recognize you yet. Give them time. Mm-hmm. But I um, and for other uh, podcast listeners, like if you're a loving BDSM listener, there will be no bonus section, and this will not be an hour and a half long podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be able to stick to the 30 minutes once we really get started that I like to do, but it will not be one of our like monster long episodes. <laughs> um, so I wanted to sort of start out by talking about what most sex creators, and I say sex creators, so you could be a blogger, you could be a podcaster, you could be a blogger, creating something in the sex space, and if you are talking about your partner in some capacity, whether you're writing out your personal sex life, or you're kind of using them as an example, or you're using examples from your life, your partner may have an opinion on that, Um, and sometimes it'll be a really positive opinion, and sometimes it will not be a very (laughs) positive opinion at all. Now, I'm very fortunate. You pretty much gave me from the from the very beginning of our relationship before we ever even thought marriage could even be a possibility. You were like, just write. Just do your thing. Yeah, I, I pretty much gave you free reign. Um, in, in the beginning, when we were first kind of testing the waters for our relationship, I mean, even, even I, what I wrote was um, considered erotic. Erotic oh talk. sure, you're writing from and, like a dominant perspective, and on sexy and it stuff. was and it was pretty much you know loosely based on on our relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, now when it came to the point that you know you had told me you wanted to write about us, about us, because I was already writing. You you, you were already, you were already writing, but when you said you wanted to make it a, a profession, sure, okay, okay. I, I did tell you that um, I would give you any support I could. And, yeah, when you came to me, we we were already pretty much settled in a relationship. Like, you know. Well, sure, because in the very beginning, so when you and I met, I'd been sex blogging for uh, 
six months, maybe at that point. Yeah. And I didn't write about you at first. I no. wrote about, the things that happened between us. I wrote as fantasy more than anything. True. Not really, y'all. I wasn't trying to protect anybody's privacy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where this was going, and I didn't want to look back later and go, "Oh, that was a what, that was a nothing yeah. burger." Um. <laughs> so, not that you're a nothing burger. Um, darling John Brownstone. You are, Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I had just blogged about an entire relationship and then blogged through the breakup and it was right, painfully right. even, you know, to go back. So you met me as a blogger. You knew I put it all out there. So when I was right. ready to start talking about you and I, I did ask your permission you, about you how did. you felt about that. You, you did. Um, you know, I know there are, are some uh, partners, um, whether they're just a partner or a big D or a husband or what, right. that, you know, will say, well, you know, that's okay, but I'd like to see it first. Right. And that, that's the, the kind of the point of this episode is to talk about the fact that, you know, some people are going to say, well, I don't have to, because I, mean, I use the term ask permission. I use that term because I'm a submissive in a DS relationship and everything is sort of permission based for us, the way mm -hmm. we are structured. And some people are going to go, I don't want to ask permission. Well, the thing is, with what we do being so sensitive, if you're talking about another human being's sex life, you, you kind of do. You need their consent. It's, you know, consent isn't just for the sexual acts. It's for talking about somebody else's life. So everybody gets to have their own boundaries. Everybody gets to say, hey, I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with that. And then you, as the creator, in my mind, have to decide how you can work within that, if you can work within that. If this is a relationship you want to pursue, if this writing is what you want to pursue, like there's a lot of things to juggle. And in our case, from the very beginning, partly because we met through our mutual sex blogs, you never told me you couldn't that I couldn't. Right. Now, I have a few times made the personal decision to let you see something to make sure it wasn't too personal right. or you didn't feel like it, especially I think that I can't even remember how long, what it was. It's been so long ago, but there was one where I talked about a conflict you and I had had and where we'd been upset with one another. And I asked you to read it because it was, I was only writing about it after the fact and been True. resolved, but I asked you to read it because I wanted to make sure you felt like I had portrayed, portrayed the issue fairly. Mm -hmm. So I think out of all the blog posts I've written on KaylaLords.com over all the years I've been doing it, I think I've asked you to okay or not, um, maybe three posts. Right. And and there in that in that time since we have known each other and been together, there was only one time I asked you not to publish right. a post. Exactly. And I think out of however many I'm up to now, but we're well over we're almost at eighteen hundred, <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's a pretty good track record. But that's right. the thing. I think that's the thing that Sex bloggers in general, because we are, if you are a sex blogger, you are usually very intimately writing about sexual experiences, good, bad, or otherwise, and relationships. Um, you do have to think about that, and you do have to have the consent of your partner. Now, your partner may say, I don't want to be identified. I don't want you writing about my sex life. That doesn't, I don't think, in my mind, mean that you have nothing else to write about, but it is a consideration, and it, I have seen people fictionalize their writing in order to protect privacy. I've had, I've seen people refer to people only by initials and maybe one or two uh, characteristics, but nothing that could identify another person out of the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is the question about, well, what about partner, you know, sexual partners that I'm not actually dating. I don't have an ongoing relationship with, What about previous partners. Do I need to worry about their consent? And my perspective is, is if you do everything you can to protect their anonymity and privacy to the point that, 
they could not recognize themselves outside of the intimate act of what you did together, then you're probably okay. You know, what you're trying, I think what we all should understand and respect is that we don't, we're not trying to out anybody. We don't want anybody to come across our blog and go, oh, I recognize that person. That's Brad from down the street. You know, (laughs) that would be a problem. And that's not really what I'm talking about here. I am really talking about your long-term partners, the people who will be in contact with you most of the time. In our case, I use you for research. (laughs) Yes, you do. I'll be writing an article and I need a male perspective. I need, and no offense because you are not this now, but before I met you many years ago and you were very young, you were the typical dude bro who's kind of an idiot. And when I need a perspective of what would the idiot dude bro think, I ask you to go back into the recesses of your memory (laughs) and tell me. And then I'm able to write a better article for Mm -hmm. a client or for myself or whatever I'm trying to do. So you, by virtue of the fact of our relationship and the the fact that we live together, which will be different than other people's experiences, of course, you're very much integrated into my writing life. Correct. And so knowing that, it's very important that I know how you feel about all of this. You know, you are a part of it. Even if I'm not writing about you, you're a part of it because me writing takes up time. Having a, a business related to this where I'm hosting websites and I'm, you know, buying things and I'm, you know, using services and I'm paying for things. That takes up time and money. And especially now that we're married, the way our finances work, you have to be okay with the fact that I'm doing that. So we don't do these things in a bubble. You know, whoever we're, if we happen to be in a relationship with somebody and it's a long-term relationship, whether they're in the same building with us or they're just, you know, they're, even if they're long distance, they're still a part of it at some level. Now, I think that however much they want to be a part of it is between two people. I'd certainly up to that person if their boundaries are such that they don't, I know there are people out there who don't even want to know. They're like, do what you do, but just don't tell me about it. I think that has to be respected too. I think that might make things a little bit more awkward when you're like, I'd like to talk about my day, except you don't want to know about any of this. (laughs) I can see where that might be an issue, but it is a conversation that has to happen. It, It does have to happen because it's, um, it, it's about boundaries and it's about respect. Um, one of the things with with me, because of the nature of our relationship, okay, and and having you know known you and, and understood where we are, we already had a a certain set of boundaries. But I also knowing you as well as I do, um, I trusted you. I I, I put you know, trust into you that, um, you know, if ever there did come a time, something was a little too much that you would respect that. And, and you have, okay. And, you know, because of what you do and, and now how we have integrated, you know, there is, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, absolutely. So that, right. You know, <laughs> it's not all just sex blog posts and trying sex toys in the bedroom. Right. That is true. You know, so it, it, it's, it's been a whole spectrum of things. And like I say, in, in, in all that time, there, there was only one thing that I really said, you know, whoa, I don't think we can, right. you know, that, that's a line I, I'm not willing to cross right now. And, you know, when you, if you decide to go that route where you say, okay, look, you know, I'll give you some level of veto power. First mm-hmm. of all, 
the fact that you trust me to be fair, to protect your privacy as much as we worry about privacy anymore. Um, in the early days, we worried about it more than we worry about it now. Correct. So that's changed and shifted over time. But, um, you know, it's just as much as there's the trust on my on your end for me to make sure I'm doing the things I say I will do and I'm, I'm protecting, you know, our anonymity and whatever else. I have to have the trust on my end that um, if you say, I really don't want this to go up, you know, I don't want this to go out there. I don't want this part of my story out in the world that um, it's one, it's trust. It's trust. And of course it's boundaries and consent and respect. So yeah. I have to have the, the respect of your boundaries. I have to have your consent, but I also have to trust that this isn't some arbitrary. I just don't want this because when you're in a long-term relationship that's healthy, you should be able to, to believe the person when they're like, no, this one time I'm not good with it and not worry that the next time they might not be good with it. I And you're right. We, we mentioned earlier, there are some couples out there. I can think of one in particular where on specific topics, their partner reads everything only on specific topics, but yeah. their partner reads everything before it goes live and they will veto something. And right. that's a decision that that specific relationship is made. And because of the nature of their relationship, that works. That might not be what works for you. It might only be if you write a cert about a certain thing in a sense that you're writing about that type of experience with that specific partner. It might be that they don't care what you write about, but here's how they want you to use identifying characteristics, like change those identifying characteristics, make it sound like somebody else, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and like I said earlier, there are some who are like, write what you want to write. I just don't want to know about it. Um, the hard part comes in. If you have a partner who says, I don't approve, I don't like this. I don't think you should be doing it. I don't want any part of it. And that's when you are facing some really hard decisions about what's important to you, where you can compromise, where you can't. I would imagine most of the time, if you have a partner, let's just, I'm assuming it's a healthy relationship here. And that's a big assumption. If you're in a healthy relationship and you have a partner who says that it's likely because they're very fearful and they don't quite understand this world. And they are worried rightly so about, the an invasion of privacy and a lack of anonymity um, and those things you either slowly over time show them that they can trust what you're doing or you find something else i mean that's you if you violate their consent and you write about them anyway thinking they won't find out they will find out yeah. it's going to happen eventually i i i am not going to lie in in the very beginning when you approached me about this i you know had to kind of step back and whoa, this, you know, the, the most intimate part of our relationship is is going to be on display. Very much on display. <laughs> yeah. Like big picture window on display. Exactly. Magnifying glass on display. So, you know, that in and in, in when I said that I would support you in any way I could in the beginning. You forgot uh, to put that clause I, in. I, 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 I did not think about that particular clause. Um, you know, um, at, at that point, um, willing to put the money where my mouth is. But it does help that we had established the trust. It True. helps that you personally yes. have been sex blogging, so you understood how so, it worked. So I, I understood a lot of how it worked. And, um, you know, at, at the same time, I also understood that, you know, no matter how much was put out there, um, it's really not all of it. No, no, it's nowhere. It's never all of it. I can't. No. I don't have that much time to write all of yeah. it. So... You know, I, I, I had the trust. I 
I, I had a basic understanding of, of things of how, how that worked and, and what was going on behind it, which helped me, you know, come to the decision with you to say, you know, yeah, go, have at it. Well, and the other thing I'm thinking about those creators out there, because it's not all writers. I'm using blogging and writing as the reference because that's what I do, but it could be podcasting. Mm -hmm. It could be certainly making videos on podcasting. It's something that both both you as the creator and maybe your partner really have to consider because your face is out there, your voice is out there. It's a it's a easier identifier than your writing maybe, you know, depending on the situation. But I, I am thinking about the person out there who doesn't have everything you have. They didn't have a sex blog and they, yeah. you know, they didn't have the history of it before they came to the decision. And what I would tell the creators out there is st show them what you mean. So if you're about to you know, create something for the very first time that involves, you know, a sexy moment with your partner or something where you're using your experience to maybe inform your fiction or you, you know, are using, you're modeling your product on what you've experienced, whatever it is, show them an example of what you mean, especially in, in the, in writing, it's much easier. You create what you think would be like a sample blog post. And you go, this is what I'm talking about. This is what it would look like. And, and don't put it live anywhere online, you know, show them on a piece of paper or, you know, yeah. a Word doc and go, here, what do you think of this? Because that is the thing. If you don't have any experience with um, sex blogs and some of the other things we create out here, and you are sort of being faced with the idea that, oh, you're going to write about me too, and I'm going to be part of this. It conjures up for many people all kinds of like pornographic scenes of they're going to know everything about me and they're going to, you know, all the things yeah. I do bad, all the things I, you know, all these things I don't necessarily want people to know. If you don't have any concept of what we're talking about, that that could easily be what goes through somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. So if you have a partner who's resistant to the idea, give them a, a taste of what it would be like and then say, okay. If anything in here bothers you, tell me what it is. And most of the time, I guarantee the person who's really uncomfortable with it will be uncomfortable with anything that they consider an identifying characteristic. Oh, you said I have blonde hair. People would know. People will know that's me. Nobody's gonna, you and I know nobody will know. But that person might fear it. It might be that in the beginning, they're really like, okay, don't, don't tell them these specific things. And then as they get more used to it, they may expand their boundaries. It's no different than kink. You start out thinking, I can only do this one thing. And next thing you know, you're the kinky freak swinging from the chandelier, <laughs> begging for everybody to beat your ass because you're just feeling mm -hmm. it. You know, I mean, that's that's what happens with experience, time, and trust. True. No different than here as well. Now, the other thing to think about, if you don't have a partner who is at all supportive of this, I... I'm not in the business of telling people to break up with people. I'm not, I never have, I'm never will. I mean, it's, you know, but it is something that you need to think of in a serious way because the worst thing in my mind that could happen is if you hide it and it gets found out, mm -hmm. even though you are perfectly justified in being able to do the things you want to do with your life professionally and personally, when you're found out, you become the liar that can't be trusted. And that's, that's just a thing you have to weigh. You have to make your own decisions that work for your life. What I would say is if your partner is dead set against you talking about or writing about anything that could look personal nature of your sex life and your experiences with them, then that is off the table for a while. And you find other mm -hmm. things right about. 
promise you, in the world of sex, there's a lot of things. It doesn't, I mean, many of us yeah. start by writing about our own experiences because it's the easiest. We know it. We can, it, you know, our our text and our, our scripts and our videos don't always come out perfect in the beginning when we talk about these things, but it's so intimate. You don't even have to really think about it too much. This will stretch you as a writer. This will, will force you to be more creative. This might even force you into fiction when you thought you weren't a fiction writer. I have written many things that really did happen, but I wrote them in such a way that they were fiction. For To anybody who didn't wasn't there, the other person in the room, it was fiction. That may be an option too. What I would say is you've got to find a compromise. And I want to believe, this is my optimistic side, talking. So somebody out there who's cynical about relationships right now will probably vehemently disagree. But I want to believe that if this is a healthy relationship, even if your partner is nervous and they're unsure and they're mm -hmm. just scared, just say it, they're just scared, they want you to be happy too. Yeah. And, and I, I think from, from being on, on the other side of that coin, I think if you do approach them and, and talk to them, um, you know, lay out what it is you're doing, like you said, show them some things. Um, you know, they may not be able to give you an answer right away, but give them some time to think it over. And be willing to answer their questions because they yeah. might have a million questions. So I do, I, we mentioned this a little bit ago, but I think I want to, I want to make sure we're very clear. When we talk about this, I really am talking more about the long-term kind of relationships or the relationships that you foresee being long-term. You're kind of early days, but this is maybe moving in that direction. Um, if this is your hookup, um, it's kind of, I've, I've read some conversations and seen some conversations about how to handle with, when you write about people you're not, you may not even see again. Um, some of the sex bloggers I respect the most, I think of Hyacinth, he writes A Dissolute Life. Mm -hmm. um, she gives them like initials or nicknames, so there's no way you would know. And she might, you know, describe the size of their cock or, you know, how tall they are or whatever. But she, you know, she just writes because that's her experience and she's not identifying them in any way. I don't personally think you need to ask every hookup you have, can I write about this? You can, if that's your thing, if that is somehow a thing that works for you, go for it. I'm, it's just not something I, that is necessary. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a long-term relationship and you're sex writing or creating or podcasting or your e-commerce store, whatever, you're, whatever it is you're doing will in some way impact your partner. You don't have to be told what to do. Not everybody is in a kinky DS relationship. Right. But you do have to have the conversation. You have to know where they stand. Well, you have to know what their boundaries are. They have to understand what you're, I think, they have mm -hmm. to understand what you're doing. I, I, I have seen in a, in a couple instances where even um, bloggers' worlds collide, okay, uh, where um, a couple bloggers have met up. Oh, sure. Okay. And, you know, whatever happens clicks. And, you know, it, it, it is talked about between those two people and many times a, a collaboration <laughs> then is born. That is true. And I, <laughs> and I would say in those instances, when you know the other person has the ability to create content and knows that you're creating content, this isn't your secret, super secret sex blog, but this, you know, hookup or, you know, date that lasted, whatever, doesn't know about. No, no, no. But this is somebody who clearly knows you from this world. It's definitely worth a conversation of, I really want to write about this, or I really want to talk about this. Can I, are you comfortable with that? Sure. What are the parameters? Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's an easy way to just figure it out, put the boundaries up and then stay within them. 
Um, and those have been some pretty, it, sometimes those are some explosive collaborations. Yes. And, yes. and in, in a good explosive way. In a good way. way. Yeah, yeah. Like very sexy. Like, oh, okay, y'all should hook up more often and then write about it. Um, but, it, you know, it comes down to respect for the, the other person. For, for the individual, so yes. Somebody you're not in a relationship with, you're never going to see them again. You respect their, their personhood and give them their anonymity and privacy. Right. And when it's somebody you are in a long-term relationship, you, you respect those things, absolutely, but you also respect their time and their attention. And especially I think of, I think of all the conversations you and I have had over the past few years when I'm like, ah, hosting is going to cost this much, or yeah, I want to sign up for this paid thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just my money we're talking about. This is our household income. In those relationships, we, the way we operate, it has to be talked about. Now, right. I know many, many relationships out there where there's one person's money and there's the other person's money and there might be some shared money and you do your own thing. If you're in that situation, then follow the sort of parameters of your relationship. But when it comes to time and I have to say to John Brownstone, I got to work late tonight. I can't watch a show. I can't go out. We can't, I've, I've got to get this stuff done. I'm on a deadline. I, he, he respects that. Thankfully, that's part yeah. of why we work so well, but that can't come out of nowhere. I can't one day be just doing my own thing eight to five and then out of nowhere go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, have these things I have to do. Yeah. You ha you need to have those conversations so everybody knows where they stand on that too. Absolutely. I, I think in the beginning um, it wasn't so bad, but as you have grown and you've taken on more projects, more things, um, time has become more of a constant. It, and, and our time together is precious. We have yeah. But, you know, we, again, because you are as much a part of my decision-making on, on business decisions as anything else, um, and I would like to point out, you know, I, I'm very clear he is my dominant partner. I'm the submissive. He does not control my business. No. <laughs> he in no way controls my business. It is my business to do what I see fit. But I ask his advice. I make sure right. that um, he is okay with the amount of time that mm -hmm. I'm taking away from our relationship and our family. Yeah. I mean, she she talks, she does talk to me about everything she does. Uh, many times it, it's just to bounce ideas off of, okay? But I, I in no way, shape, or form tell her, you know, no, you're not doing this, you're doing that, or, you, you know. And that's the other part of this, you know, how does your partner feel about what you're doing? My thinking on it is this. When it comes to what you're going to say or write or do directly regarding your partner. You want to write a story. You want to talk about your relationship on a podcast, whatever your partner gets a say because those are their boundaries too. That's their privacy too. Yeah. Okay. And within whatever they're comfortable with you, you work within that. And that sometimes means you have to get really creative and sometimes means you just don't talk about certain things. Right. When it comes though to your larger business, I am not comfortable ever saying that another partner gets total say over what you do professionally and with your dreams and your goals. What I think you do need to talk to your partner about is when it is going to take time and resources away from other things. Yeah. Those things you need to, to be on the same page about as much as you can. Well, be. What, what we have come to is, you know, over, over time as things have evolved, um, I understand fully that there is a certain time of the month that you, I know you're going to be busy. Okay. <laughs> so you were, you were, you were just going to be balls to the wall. 
And, you know, once you're past that point, things will taper down. And, and we have compromised and, and worked through that. And by letting you know what's going on now as the creator and the business person, this is for you guys out here to, to maybe use if this helps you by keeping him informed of what I'm doing to the extent that works for our relationship. So I know not everybody has a relationship where they talk to their partner even half as much as I talk to John Brown. So I'm aware. Um, so that's fine. But because we talk so much and because you know what's going on in my business, just like I know what's going on in yours. These are the conversations we have. Um, you also know how you can help me adjust. So if I go through about, a, it's usually a two week period, like the last week of the month, the first week of the month, and then like end of the first, you know, couple mm -hmm. days after that first week of the month, I'm, I am, I'm just slammed every day. There's something going on. So you know that I have to take a break or I burn myself out. I get right. frazzled. My anxiety, you know, just hits a tipping point. All kinds of bad things happen. But knowing the flow of my work and how, what I'm doing and where I'm going with things and what the plans are, you're able to help me find times in between. To, 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 to step away and, and kind of clear yourself. Right. And so that's another place where a partner when you are as open with them as you can be and that you're both comfortable with about what you're doing, they can, they might not understand at all what you're doing. They might be freaking clueless. You're like, you're writing about what? <laughs> Why do you have a wooden clitoris in your office? What is it? They don't have to understand what it means to be a smart answer like that. It's fine. You don't have to understand what it means to be an engineer to respect your engineer partner, you know? But when they, when you have this sort of back and forth where you're able to sort of express yourself about what you're doing, they can help you in other ways that have nothing to do with your work. They can help you in ways that are about um, relaxing and get, taking yeah. a break. Or when you're just having a bad day and you're like, oh my God, this is awful. My, my submission was rejected. My pitch was rejected. Your partner doesn't even have to know what the hell a pitch is to know how to comfort you. But if you're not talk, if you're in a situation where you're not even even comfortable talking about your work, then it's hard to get the comfort you need to keep moving forward. Now, can your friends and your online sex community give you that comfort? Of course we can. But many of us want it from our partner too. You know, I don't I don't want to be in a situation where I have a partner that goes, so they didn't like it. So what? Shouldn't you just get over it? Man, I might pop somebody <laughs> and then smack them. Like, what are you talking about? So, no, I would not do violence to anybody, but I would seriously want to. Um, so that's yet another reason to to kind of have these conversations and to, to bring your partner into this. Now, I can hear some of you thinking, well, it's the early days of a relationship, and I don't know how they feel, and they don't know anything yet about, you know, that I'm a kinky person who talks about, you know, sex on the podcast, or that I write these filthy, filthy things online. I'm not ready to tell them yet. That's fine, too. But if this is a relationship that's going to have any mileage to it, you know, on any level, I'm not talking you're going to get married to them, just some type of relationship that might be long term, you're going to have to start introducing the topic. And I imagine it is terrifying. I have been very grateful that the people I met post-divorce, they all met me through my sex blog. I didn't have to explain anything. I was like, if you are uncomfortable by the sex blog, you're talking to the wrong chick because I'm going to keep doing this. For me, it was sort of a, I'm going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. You're uncomfortable by it. That, that's fine. I respect that. Have a good time. I'll be over here doing my thing. 
But once you're already in the relationship or you really like this person and you're scared of having to tell them, I get that and it's hard. It's no different in my mind than telling somebody that, you know, your very vanilla partner that you're kinky. It's not that much different than, you know, meeting somebody who you think could be the one and going, yeah, but I'm a dominant who wants to tie you up and beat your ass. Like we have hard conversations about sex and relationships all the time. This is just another one. You know, and how they react to you may tell you whether this is really a long-term you know, relationship. It, it, it doesn't even matter. You may not be a kinky, you may not be a person living a kinky lifestyle to write about sex. Well, no, that's not what I was implying at all. Okay. I was just using yeah. all my kinky uh, references because those are my reference okay. points. Yeah. Because it is this, it, it's the same kind of thing. The I write about my personal sex life on the internet for other people to hear is as terrifying to admit as... I'm a submissive who wants to crawl around on the floor naked. Those are two scary conversations to have. Yeah. When it's kinky, when it's not. But mm-hmm. it's this to me, it's the same level of fear. And mostly it is the kinky people who go through that. Every once in a while, and I don't want to say that. That's not true. It is the kinky people who go through that. But sometimes kink isn't BDSM or DS. Sometimes it's, I really want to try anal sex or I'm into pegging. Could you help a brother out? You know, <laughs> it's those kinds of confessions admitting that you write about sex or that you talk about sex or that you have a, you know, you have a sex shop online somewhere. That's a scary conversation for some people. And and it's no different than every other scary sexual conversation you have to have in life. At some point, you just kind of have to have it. And then you go from there. What you do next depends on the closeness you have with them, the trust you've built with them so far, how they react, how open they are to it, and how strongly you feel about the smut lancing thing you're trying to do. So if it's just a passing phase and you're like, yeah, I was just considering it, it might be easier to go, I don't have to do it right now. We'll wait and see what happens. But if it's your life, like right now, let's, you know, pretend we're waving a magic wand that we're not really waving (laughs) and my life changes completely and John Brownstone is not in it or I'm just meeting him for the first time, but I'm doing the things I'm doing now. I've had a sex blog, a podcast, I've got clients, I'm writing about sex Mm -hmm. scale awards every single day and I meet you for the first time. And I like you and I think you're great. Oh, I could see something. And I tell you what I do. And you go, ugh, hell no, that's some bullshit. I'm like, oh, I hope you have a nice life. It was nice knowing you. Because at that point, I've already established myself as this. And the person who is a good fit for me might not understand it, might have some questions and some reservations about it. But they will, on some level, support what I do. They're not going to try and dictate what I do that I've been doing this time before I met them and I will keep doing after they're gone. So that's another part of it. But the conversation still has to be had. True. And you do, I think, especially in long-term relationships, you need to at least know how your partner feels about it. That and how exhausting is it? First of all, most of most of the people listening to this podcast are not doing this full time quite yet. So they're doing it at nights and on weekends and in their spare time. And if you're hiding it from a partner at the same time, how exhausting is that? You're already giving up all your free time to do it. And then you're like, oh, but let me not get caught. Much better to have the conversation and deal with what happens. Um, and I don't have any good answers if your partner doesn't like what you do. Uh, you know, the only thing I can say is what's most important to you. And most of the people in the community I've met go, oh, no, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> and I, I totally respect you for that because that's how I feel about it. Um, but that is, those are things you have to face. And I think putting our heads in the sand about it and saying, I don't want to know, cause if I don't know, I don't have to deal with it, <laughs> yeah. which was my denial trick for many things for many years. Um, 
it's not a good one. It doesn't last y'all. Um, that's not healthy. And that does hold you back. And especially if you have these goals and dreams of really earning some serious money from this, you deserve somebody who supports you. And you need to be able mm -hmm. to devote the time to it that it requires to do it. And the more support yeah. you can have, the I won't say it's easy because it's not easy, but it feels a bit easier. It's much harder when you're like slogging through all on your own with no support. True. So, yeah. Did I go on a rant? Bit. You come on my No, I go on rants on this podcast <laughs> all the time. So I'm not, I, I guess I wanted to show the people out there who are worried that they're doing this and, oh, what if I meet somebody? Well, it's, it's a little bit like confessing your kinks, y'all. Just confess the work when you feel like it's the right time and then go from there. And then the the people who are like, their partner's like, yeah, you got a little sex blog. Now you're like, no, 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 I want to do some other things. <laughs> What's your opinion on that? I, I'm not comfortable, even as a submissive in a 24-7 dominance and submissive re submission relationship, um, I'm not comfortable with anybody going, oh, well, my partner doesn't want me to do it, so I'm not going to. Um, that's not something I'm going to give a blanket. Yeah, sure, that's how that is. But there's a lot of variables and that go into that because it's about the strength of your relationship, the trust, where you're at, what you want, how strongly you feel about it, why your partner is vetoing this idea. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. So if you're in a situation where your partner just says, hell no, and you go, okay, I'd really like you to think about it and think yeah. long and hard about how you feel. That may still be the best decision for you. I mean, I've, but I've, I, I have been around the internet long enough to have seen um, – it, it seems to happen uh, not as often, but I, I have seen where um, someone who was a sex blogger, a kink blogger, um, met somebody and, you know, a little bit into a developing relationship, they've told this other person what they've done, and, yeah, they, they've you know, that person is cut and run. Right. And that's, that sucks. And that's awful. Especially when you really, really were thinking, Oh, I like this one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to sound kind of harsh when I say this, and it's the advice we give on loving BDSM all the time, <laughs> especially in an early, early relationship, you know, long-term relationships are different. There's a lot more going on there, but if you're early into it and they cut and run, you want them to have cut and run now. Not six years in and you're married and your whole lives are intertwined. And then they go, you're doing what? And then it's this awful, messy thing where your emotions at a month into the relationship, two months into the relationship are completely valid and real. And I'm not telling you they're not, but it's a different kind of disentanglement and crushing feeling from a month or two versus a year or two versus a decade or two. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, it sucks. And I will grieve with you and you have my support and I want to send you all the squishy hugs I can, but be glad it happened now because if it happened over this and it happened now, what happens when things get really serious and really hard? Bottom line though, I hope I wish for all of my fellow smut lancers Supportive partners, even if they're like, you're doing what? Okay. Are you happy? Okay. That's support, y'all. Take it. They don't have to understand the ins and outs. They just have to let you do your thing and be happy when you're happy. And if you can get that, you've got more than a lot of people. So you, you've got to navigate it your own way. Um, our way is only one way. Right. It's not the right, the only right way. It's not the best way. It's just the way that works for us. 
Um, but yeah, your partner may have strong feelings about what you do, and it is a conversation you have to have. So thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you for helping me not go as long as we usually go on Loving BDSM, <laughs> where our podcast can stretch to an hour and a half. You are welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at thesmutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening, and let's do this again next week.